Hi, welcome to the India Independent Film Podcast. I'm Arpit. Uh, I'm the co-lead of So Far Jaipur. And today we are talking to Manas. Manas is an Indian musician based out of Bangalore. You might have heard his work in the movie Detective Gyom Keshbakshi, where his track Chase in Chinatown was featured with his band Mode AKA. He's also a part of Vice Versa with Rohit Pereira. And he's also a music producer and avid gamer. So, hi Manas. How are you doing, bro? Hello. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing awesome in the lockdown. <laughs> you must have been getting a lot of like time in the lockdown to do your shit, right? I mean, you told me that you've been playing games a lot. I've been doing the same. <laughs> what yeah. have you been playing? Uh, I'm playing a lot of these long games now. Like, um, I, I'm catching up on a lot of games that I missed out in the past, like Age of Empires and some old... Um, uh, Indiana Jones from the 90s and you oh, know, some classics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting back to the basics and I'm playing usual The Witcher and then uh, some simulator games like like I drive trucks uh, a lot. Oh, are you playing like truck driving honestly. simulator and shit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that's, that's killer stuff, dude. That's really fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just want to like start streaming, doing those things and, you know, like get more pro into it. Now I'm just doing it for fun. Yeah. But yeah, soon I'm going to start streaming and doing those things. Uh, nice, dude. Like, have you tried streaming before or are you just planning to start off now? I Yeah, no, I have before, but I did not have any content. Like, I did not know what I was doing. I was just playing games and talking nonsense, which was... Uh, Isn't exactly that like every fucking streamer, dude? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah, but I want to like organize it a bit more and get a little more pro at it, and then go for you know. It, it seems fun though. I want to give it a proper try. Yeah, and it. I'm pretty sure it is pretty fun. Like it has. It's one of those things that's really popping up during this lockdown thing because like every friend of mine is starting a podcast, me included. But yeah, like. <laughs> so and then half of them are also yeah. like streaming and stuff and it's pretty we all of us friends have this hypothesis that like a few years down the line after this covid situation right people are going to realize that streaming is the real shit and they'll just start streaming their entire yeah. lives online because exactly now even though even even these formula one drivers and all that they're they're playing uh, I mean, they're playing Formula One online. Like, I mean, yeah. that's what people are watching now. So, I think that's the future. Have you seen one of those? Like, Leclerc is wearing his banana costume <laughs> and shit. It's pretty fun, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, damn good fun. Like, I mean, I did not expect it to be fun. I thought it would be like, I mean, I, who would think that people have trained for so many years, reached the top yeah. of their game, like, you know, Formula One, and then finally they're sitting like one of us playing the video game so it's, yeah. it's pretty fun actually even in f1 this has been a pretty recent thing that like before this no the drivers used to be pretty uptight and shit they did not like uh engage with the audience much but then True. recently there's these like three four drivers that have come up that have started doing this shit like there's lando True. norris and there's that guy daniel ricardo so they yeah. have they are like the funny people in all of f1 so Correct. It's like, like right in time. Expect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe like if right Schumacher would have been streaming, it wouldn't have been as fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be a little serious. <laughs> yeah. 
So, like, uh, how have you been de- dealing with COVID, though? I mean, musicians, like, you don't get to perform and shit anymore, but then you also have a lot of time to, like, develop music and shit. I've been doing the same mm-hmm. thing, really. Like, I've been just catching up on my own music thing right now. How, what yeah. have you been doing, dude? So, I mean, for, like, for me, uh, I almost, like, the whole playing live gigs a while ago because it was it was it was getting too hectic i guess i just wanted to concentrate more on creating more music mm. but then i also had the problem of creating a lot of music and never releasing any of it so now you now have a big problem i have, I have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now my discography is just increasing and then uh, i'm not i probably have more releases that have that I should have actually released than a lot of people I know who just been putting out stuff. And I think this year, this lockdown has pushed me to that release mode. So slowly but steadily, I'm putting out all the music that I've made throughout these years, maybe, and making more stuff. So I think I can release a song for the next three, four years. <laughs> I have a pretty big discovery already. So yeah, I'm just building up. Yeah. So that that mixed with uh, playing games is what takes the entire day for me. Like mm. lockdown has actually been pretty all right. I mean, it's been bad for a lot of people, but for me, just stay at home, play games, make music, eat food, and you know, it's <laughs> it's a very basic uh, caveman life, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, there's always that like meme going around throughout the internet for the last month, right? That like, there's an introvert who's sitting in his room and he's like, did, did the lockdown happen? I did not even notice that. Kind of a thing. <laughs> oh man, that, yeah, that's, that's too close. That's very, that's literally me. Like it, I, it, it made, uh, it actually made things better if not, uh, it's not the same, you know, it's better for me right now. <laughs> but like you've been like very realizing. yeah you've been very like low-key with your releases over the last few years like i mean you do release stuff with p-man but then like your own releases you don't do very often like yeah. i saw your release uh concrete jungle like what two years back and yeah you also i mean you did not even release that some other person <laughs> on facebook put that out and i found it through there like <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't know. I have this, I don't know. It's been a problem which I need to like uh, take care of. And ever since the beginning, like I've only been releasing songs because of other people. Like a lot of these solo songs, I think I've made some songs that I made in 2011, 2012, which are probably still pretty banging even now. They're just there. They're just like, so that's what I've told like all my friends, like people in Mode AK, even P Man and those people. Like so mm. in case something happens to me, just take my hard disk and make sure all the songs get released. <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's all there. But this year I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start I've already started. I, I started working with another project called Control Q. Mm. I just put out a song with them. Uh, and then I have a few solo stuff. That's coming out again. The collabs—they're not really completely. So I'm gonna release all the collabs first, and then I'll move into my solo stuff. 
Yeah, so actually tell me about the new album that's coming up, man. Like you gave me an idea about it, but I don't really know much about it. Is it like, uh, how long have you been going through with this one? Okay, so this is, uh, a lot of songs are pretty new. Uh, the, like it's not really an album, it's just a collection of, yeah, I could call it an album. It's just a collection of songs that I've made. Some of them are really old, which... I've just been like, you know, working every three, four months. I'll just sit on it for like half an hour and I do a bunch of changes and keep adding stuff to it, you know, stuff like that. So there's some songs that are like probably five or six years old and Mm -hmm. there's songs that are probably like 15 days old, you know, all of them put together and there's no specific theme. It's just a bunch of like, it's like a best of. (laughs) <laughs> without releasing any songs the greatest hits <laughs> yeah it's going to be out there and a bunch of new kids as well who are really promising yeah so what i want to release next is with this guy called sai okay um so he he actually produces a lot of uh, hip hop and trap beats himself like he works okay. with a lot of uh, 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 like local artists and stuff like that yeah. And then the other one is called Rishi. So he is, he is a singer as well. So these two are what I've planned for now. Hmm. And then uh, uh, this Control Q as well, which is a new project that I started. So we'd be putting out another couple of songs. and So those are the plans still now. And then the album, my collection of songs from the past. So yeah. that will be the next Hmm. So there's this new movement of Indian musicians. I mean, I don't know if it's a new movement or not, but I kind of think it is, which is all these like new indie labels are popping up throughout the cities, right? There's like, there's Consolidate yeah. in Bangalore and then you have like Nritya in Pune, uh, yeah. you have Jwala and then you have all these like new rap labels as well, all in Bombay. Do you think that True. there's like a new wave of Indian musicians that are starting up? Oh yeah, definitely, man. Like, uh, there's a lot more exposure now than what what yeah. was there before. I think like every year things keep sort of like improving, and it's not it's it's just getting better. Like this, uh, YouTube was not actually uh, considered this massive platform a few years back, like, but now yeah. YouTube is like uh, a regular affair, like. It, People watch videos. People like you know, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. Like any any small artist is definitely encouraged to become something big, and labels are uh, probably the need of the hour. And more than labels, it's like a collective. Like people get together as friends, and then they have this. They create this atmosphere for other people to create more music, and that's healthy. Like the thing that I really like about this is how there are these like, I mean, these guys are kids, dude. Like we are talking people at on the age, like 15, 16, and they have just started producing music already, which is just really, yeah. really nice to see. And the, the kind of music that they're coming up with, is also like really, really fresh. This is stuff that I haven't really heard before. It's just really nice to see that people are starting off so early now previously it used to be like i mean you know like you do a proper degree and shit like that and around that time is when you start like figuring your own shit out 
and you don't nearly yeah. have that much exposure in school like you never did but now it has completely yeah. transformed i think yeah youtube and all is the it's, big it's awful yeah yeah it's, and it's the softwares and the access to softwares and uh, like kids nowadays i mean they just pick it up they don't need any degree they don't need any uh, all they need is motivation and some like if they like something and they have access to technology to create that it's it's that easy transition that's happening now before uh, i would I, i don't want to talk like a boomer but <laughs> it, it, it was difficult to come across uh, softwares or like i mean we back in the days we used to we had to learn pro tools we had to be like oh you need to do this audio syncing pausing you know all all of those things that audio engineers are supposed to learn or whatever like it's yeah. creating music has become more uh, i wouldn't say easier but it's become more mainstream it's more it's more yeah. accessible it's, yeah it is easier yeah. but that's not you know it's not like going in that boomer mentality of like you know things are not as hard as they were in our times but rather like yeah things, yeah the basic stuff is pretty figured out now like you don't have to you know but what that allows you to True. do is like focus on the creative parts of it rather than the you know like yeah messy parts of it yeah those other things are also required but a lot of the the 80% of the creative work is done like just at sitting at home like yeah probably before it was a little more difficult to you know you had you needed studio access way or your yeah. the music making process but now it's it's the final frontier you just make a song and okay. you're like okay i need to get this mastered and then you go to a studio and then you know you make that song that you made into something really awesome so yeah. the creative juices are easier to flow right now and there's a lot of uh, options and a lot of things people can do right now which is damn good which was yeah. which, which i think people should take advantage of that and i think people are and there is a lot of good music coming out yeah i mean like skrillex and all right especially this new uh, wave of electronic musicians you don't even have to really go to a studio anymore like you can just release a track out of your bedroom and that's just something that yeah. you, we have never seen that before right true and and you get a lot of these uh, like loop packs and all those things like yeah. uh this is another boom moment like back in the days we never had stuff like loop packs and you know like we probably did but we did not have access to them or they were too expensive to get or whatever but now you have so many loop packs so you just like yeah. i feel like making a very classical neo classical indian type fluty song and you get these sound banks and loop packs that you just use and then you can make like an entire album out of it by but again it takes creativity to edit them properly yeah. to chop them up and you know it takes all of those things but to access the sounds it's way more easier right now yeah and uh, and i think i think people are doing a great job like it's it's not just accessing music like if a lot of times i i do check out these sound banks and i like a lot of things that i can't do and i hear another person like a kid who's just like 16 you would have yeah. ripped that sound bank apart like there's no way i would have thought about chopping up stuff or editing music in such a way that kids are doing nowadays it's like yeah. um, music in india at least is is reached it's reaching another level altogether like it was not the same before 
So also with the uh, like coming of Spotify and all, one thing that I've noticed, this is something that you were just saying right now about your own album, which is like, it's not really an album. It's more like just the best of collection of my own singles. And that's the thing that I've been noticing for the, like, you don't really have albums anymore. There are some like older musicians that still do that where, you know, there's like this, anthology of songs that you're supposed to listen to in a series and it kind of tries to tell a story but it's more of a world of singles now where you just listen to that one track and there's no huge story to tell do you think that's a good thing or is it like i mean boomers are always about like people's uh, attention span is shortening and shit like that uh see album albums like when uh, at least for me I was never into the whole album scene right from the start like I personally I I was I was into the whole EP scene again it was always collection of beats or stuff like I used to be into beat tapes and stuff like that so Mm. it was never about albums for me but I know a lot of people who think that album is like the way to go and it usually happens when I think when they they found their sound, a lot of artists have found their exact sound, and they're like, "This is the direction I want to take," and stuff like that. And whoever's done that, I think it's easier for them to make albums. It's not easy to make an album for sure. It's, it takes a lot of. Uh, it's like putting out singles is way easier because it's uh, you just it's it's the uh, what do you say? It's instant gratification. It's not yeah. really like I don't know how many. Like you just you just like I have a single coming out. This is what is happening. This is the song. You like it or not? Good for you. But yeah. an album is something takes a lot more of your soul. It's, it's yeah. like this is the collection. This is what it's all. Um, like this is the story that I want to tell by each track, and this is my journey. And uh, a lot of single songwriters do that because maybe it's easier. And there's there's more uh, stories to tell in that way. But for people like me who just produce beats and every song is different, every song is like another collab, every song has got its own story happening. I think a collection of songs works out better for producers, at least producers like me. Like even from the start, even vice versa times, like whenever we put out an EP, it was a collection of these songs that we would would, uh, think about going and performing live. And they're like, okay, this is what is going to go like, this is what is going to be killer like. And we would put them all together and compile them and put them out as as uh, as an album. Like, I mean, yeah, there was no specific stories to any of the albums. They were just like beat tapes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll say that you're quite an introvert, dude, like in terms of how you uh, release your stuff and how you have been performing live as well. Actually, do you think it is uh, something that really affects your live performances? Because like stand-up, I stand-up is an art that I believe really benefits from live performances. And I guess to some extent, it also applies to like uh, vocal musicians and performative musicians who are like, you know, playing yeah. their instruments and stuff. Why? But if you go down to the electronic music aspect of it, do you think? it makes a huge difference to play live or not. 
yeah i mean uh, it did for me it was a big deal like every every gig was like a it, it used to destroy me basically even if there were like two people in the audience i would be i would be in another world like it was too i, I would be too anxious and it was it just got too unhealthy which is why towards the end i was like ah like i need to be in a different frame of mind to actually do justice to the life gig uh, and then it takes a lot of energy at least for uh, i i can't talk about other introverts or whatever but for me it took a lot of energy it took a lot of effort and and it was it really helped that i was with uh, i don't know if they were extroverts or whatever but they were really proper live performers like uh, Eman, Sid Kuto and even in Modeke, Sandeem and all those guys, they were performers, they were stage performers, they liked being on stage and they, so they, like performing with them really uh, helped me a lot because I was, I wouldn't be the main, you know, the main. Yeah, like you can take a step personal. back and just let them yeah, yeah. figure out the audience engagement yeah. and all that part of it. You, correct, you can correct. focus on your art. Yeah. So I, I I'd rather be in the background than to be in the forefront, or at least at that point of time, and which is why I only enjoyed the whole production and music making part of it. When it came to life, I would it would it was an effort, and uh, slowly but steadily I started. Uh, I mean, it was not like that forever, but slowly I started getting confidence. And then when I was working with other friends of mine who. thought that i was a good live performer they would encourage me to go and I, i mean i would somehow make sure the gig would be awesome or like you know kill it on stage or whatever but it was an effort it it did affect me uh, and it was it took its toll it was like i is it is it fun anymore or is it uh, like what's the point if it's scared or to go on stage for like two days before the gig happens and then It, the gig is just half an hour but you have to go through two days of hell for it like just mentally prepping so <clears throat> it took its toll but uh, i think i will perform live again uh, once i have a bunch of releases sorted and have the right for people to perform with hopefully i perform with uh, vice versa and moody k again because it's that was awesome time yeah actually uh, that brings up and interesting thing so how did you actually meet p man and how did you start with this whole thing because like oh, as you oh, said you were not much of a live performer also at the time so yeah yeah no i i met p man like i think in 2000 or 2001 it was way back like oh. some 20 years ago they he was in a band called pin drop violence like a legendary band called pin drop violence and uh, that come down to bangalore to perform and before that we used to chat there used to be this website called beatpad where all these indian musicians would like get together and they, it was a forums thing like people would like post and people like us who are like fans or looking up to these guys who want to become like them we would interact with them like you know it was a very healthy music indian uh, atmosphere and i met himan over there he used to just post there we were not seen each other not met anyone nothing like that and then they they came down to perform in bangalore you know i think they stayed over at my place or something some after party 
or they didn't have a place to stay. Something like that happened and they came over to my place and stayed and that's when the friendship started. Mm-hmm. And uh, that went on and yeah, ever since then we kept in touch online. Uh, we started making songs. We, our friend circle increased. We met friends of friends, friends of friends. So it just became like a huge uh, collective of people. And then I think around 2000, like 10 years of this later, like I, I did my audio engineering and all of this other things. So I, in Bombay, I think in 2010, with my beat tape, like I produced a bunch of beats and I did not know what to do with them. So he's like, get to Bombay, we'll figure out, like maybe we'll, like we'll give it to other producers and see where it goes. So we went there, P-Man hot then P-Man was like, oh, this is awesome. We can use this for live scenes. We can perform, yeah. let's start a, we'll start a band ourselves. Hmm. So that is when it started sometime around 2011. And I was staying in P-Man's house throughout. So whenever I used to go to Bombay, I would stay in his house. Like I would stay in his house for months. Like <laughs> I have trouble, <laughs> like just lived in his house. So uh, yeah, that's when Vice Versa started around that time. Uh, and then, yeah, he had, he knew a lot of people. He was a well-known person in the uh, Bombay music scene. So he put two and two together and then gigs started happening and then vice versa started and then it just picked up from there. It was like for the first three, four years, it was mad. Like it was, there were mosh pits in an electronic gig. And we, like, yeah, we were like paying homage to Prodigy. Like, you know, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, and we like somehow we always like the same kind of music right from the start. Like if when it was metal, we used to like the same kind of metal. When it came to electronica, it was the same kind of electronica. So it was the the it it was a very natural bond, you know. Like there was there was no arguments anywhere. It's like, dude, have you heard this? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. And then same thing, like there was no arguments, there was nothing like we need to change that. There was nothing. So it was just like two minds get together and we just started making that and Kuto joined in a while later uh, he sang on one song and we are like fuck this is it like we need to like get him on board because this, this, this really works out for us and then his live performance like his stage presence is again nuts it's like his energy levels are crazy so we put them all together so three of us got together and we started performing live that's how Vice Versa was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how we fucking ended up meeting also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was hilarious. Like, um, yeah. Like I need to tell this story. Like, so we were, <laughs> I think, from from Jaipur to Chandigarh. Was it from yeah. Jaipur? Like, yeah, from Jaipur to Chandigarh. And you were on your way to Shimla. Yeah. For my college. Yeah. Yeah, you're calling. Yeah, what you were 14 or 15 back then? No, no, I was 18, but yeah, like pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, you were a minor, dude. Like I remember you were a minor. So we were in this in this uh whatever our birth had like this other cool Punjabi family. Yeah. And uh, we met, I think, when when at the door, like we were having chai at the door and having smoke or something. Yeah. I was smoking. I don't know. I don't remember if he was. P-Man like, was smoking. 
Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. I don't remember the details of who was doing what, but I think we yeah. met at the door, and then we started talking, and then it very weirdly, I did not expect to meet someone who was into music or even into Indian music on the train. You know, like it, yeah. like that was the last place I w- I thought I would meet someone like who was interested in the whole music scene at that yeah. level. So I think that's when we started talking, and then we got back to our berths, and all of those things happened. And then you decided to like can your college and join us for the gig. <laughs> <laughs> I could like, literally uh, see the worry in P man's face when this whole thing was happening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in his mind, I was like, dude, if this minor guy gets fucked, we are going to jail. us <laughs> what the fuck P-man, are you doing, dude? Yeah, P man, I think was okay. It was. It was me who was like, holy shit, yeah. dude, like this. And and this Punjabi family was sitting there. And uh, I remember we, we yeah. did not know any uh, places in Chandigarh. So we were asking them, like, okay, where is this place? Where's the venue and all that? They were telling us. And that's when you're like, I'll join you guys. I'll come with you. And then we were like, fuck, okay, we'll, okay, you can come and join us. And the family was like, dude, this is like, this is like some child trafficking happening willingly. Like, <laughs> Like this child wants to get trafficked. Like what the hell? And <laughs> P man looked all gangster back then as well. Like <laughs> it was and it was scary. And uh, and those people somehow reluctantly, I think they even followed us after the after they got off the <laughs> Did they seriously do that? <laughs> oh fuck. Man, that was that was amazing. And then we got to the venue, we had the gig, you bunked your uh, Shimla trip. Yeah. And then the gig got over and then you joined us again. You came to our hotel room again. Yeah. I know. Joining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, it got even more scarier, more dicey. Yeah. Like these two guys like joining a kid. Like, uh, and then, uh, yeah, you came into the hotel room. We were having all these music talks and then you took out your laptop and started playing Dota. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> And you just wanted to be there to use the internet or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but that was also because like I was 18 and, you know, I had never tried out, you know, substances as they call it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay we, we did not make you do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was all free will. We were just there. Like, <laughs> so no, also was, like I uh, can give you that as an 18 year old kid. Raja is a little bit intimidating, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Raja was like, he's, yeah. he's the school bully types. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey, shout out to him, man. Like, he, yeah. you know, while so yeah, I remember with Raja uh, uh, in Goa, we had this final gig in Goa yeah. where uh, we performed, and I extended my stay and toted Raja. So we, there was this jeep that they had given us. Like, we had this. Like whatever, what do you call those convertible jeeps? And we were chilling. Raja and I had like massive fun in Goa. In the same gig, like that. I think it was India Bike Week. Yeah, it was India Bike Week. You're doing yeah. like a tour type of a thing. It was the first time that was. Yeah, okay. yeah correct. Yeah. So that was awesome. So we went in Goa. Raja and I had a great time. Like I made friends because of him in Goa, which was yeah damn cool. And 
yeah that was that was a real story man like the way i met you was also yeah. like <laughs> it was like it was pretty tough, interesting even after that like i fucked off for college at like 4 in the morning oh, i don't yeah. have a fucking dime in my pocket dude like <laughs> i had to i think p man gave me like 500 bucks just so that i don't get like robbed on this <laughs> while trying to figure out an auto or something oh yeah because yeah, it's, not, it is, it's not even chandigarh it is mohali which is Yeah, yeah, that was, and uh, I don't know. Like, was there some issue with travel? So we had a car with us. So we had to be like, okay, we're going to send a car with you. And some weird things happened, but luckily that you reached. And we did not even know how to make sure you reached or not. We were like, fuck you. Like, has he reached his college? Actually, and- I was like, fuck all, confident. And then you guys were like, dude, this, <laughs> this guy is going to get killed, and we are. <laughs> for it like i yeah. was i was all like you know i'll catch a bus i'll figure it out don't worry dude <laughs> yeah dude yeah. imagine you join us for a gig and we make you make sure you had a good time and then on your way back you're like like super fun like, what the hell what to say <laughs> we also oh, met those TV. guys from like there was this band crew 172 from chandigarh who oh was yeah 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 pretty they, those guys were damn nice man yeah man. really good at heart Yeah, dude. That was... Yeah, I think that new song is coming out as well. If I'm not wrong. Because yeah, I... even they release hmm. like once in a year or like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they are also pretty inactive. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, looking forward to that as well. Yeah, man. I remember I was a big, you know, Vishwesh fan at the time. Like Scribe was just yeah, Scribe. Oh That, that's how we bonded. We were like, holy <laughs> shit, dude! You know Scribe? Yeah, like, and you told me that. There's a name in that scribe album, like you collabed and shit, and there's a oh yeah 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 that's named after yeah. you, <laughs> and you told yeah, me so that. So vice versa and scribe, yeah, yeah. vice versa and scribe collabed on a on I think it was MTV Indies had some mm. had some uh, show on like that channel. I don't know if it's on or not, but that channel had like a a, a show where. Different artists from different genres would collab and make songs. So we collab with uh, Scribe, and that song was uh, "Sallu Sanam," which is "Honest yeah. Lust" backwards. Yeah, it was damn weird, and that too that came about like we were just like hanging out in the. I think we were just uh, was it during the shoot of the video? Like no, no, it was before. Like when we were recording the song. So they're like, okay, what? What's your name? We were just asking names, and randomly we we're like, what's this guy's name backwards? And then my name came, and then my name was the weirdest amongst all, like Sallu Sanam. Like who the fuck is that? <laughs> so they're like, oh, I'm, and Vishwesh was like, I'm not gonna let this go, bro. I'm not gonna yeah, let this go. Vishwesh is always like that. <laughs> yeah. That guy is another talented guy, man. Like everyone is yeah. right, super Crazy. fucking talented. Like. So you told me that you met P Man back in two thousand. How how the fucking long have you been doing this music thing, dude? Like, did you start in like school or something? No, no, no. I was I was not uh, like P Man was making music back then. I was just like oh. a bedroom. Uh, uh, I used to make music, but it was uh, grindcore. You know, oh, dude, noise kind of music. Oh. Uh, yeah, 
I, we were into metal back then. Dude. So yeah. Anything noisy, anything heavy was like our stuff. And I was in a band called Anal Plumber. So Anal Plumber was <laughs> like if, if, uh, this is killer band called Kryptos. Like I don't know if you yeah. like it's a, it's a I know very, yeah. yeah it's a huge nice fucking old school band. Yeah. So the guitarist of that band, and then uh, there was uh, Rahul Hariharan. He was he was a drummer. Okay. And then, so it was just like we would go to these gigs where you know all these artists would come from all over India, and then yeah. we would be like, okay, let's let's form a band right here, right now. You guys play whatever, and then I'll do vocals, like you know, just a band right there at the venue, <laughs> register and go perform live. <laughs> so there were no songs made, like we had no specific songs, nothing. We would just go on stage and perform, and we were called Anal Plum. <laughs> Even that we came up with right there, like. Man, I'm pretty so, sure if we start right now, we can like pull off an entire episode just about like metal band names because they're just always so outrageous, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. And, oh man, we got into a lot of trouble as well. Not like uh, we once played in a college over here, which is which is a very strict college. I w- I don't know if I can name the college or whatever, but <laughs> so. We performed there and we were called Anal Plumber. So when we registered, we thought right then and there they would stop us from performing because fuck, who would like a band called Anal Plumber perform in a college? But then they nobody knew what Anal Plumber was. So when they <laughs> announced our name, they were like Anal Plumber. But they did not know Anal. So, <laughs> so we went on stage, we performed songs. So they used to cut off us, uh, our sound in between. Like, like we would play like five minutes of our set then they would cut our sound off and we would mosh on stage we would do anything outrageous you know like whatever it would take so that people would talk about us after the gig was done we would do that and we cancelled gigs like we were the we were second band i think in another college fest and then we started moshing on stage uh, some equipment got destroyed in that mosh pit on stage so the sound guy just cut the sound and then can the entire gig so the entire college the people had practiced like all these guys had practiced and come they couldn't even get to play so we got a bad rep after that where we were not allowed to play and you know things started going haywire so (laughs) it's pretty crazy to imagine you as like what did you play at the time i was a vocalist See back then, oh, um, oh, that's yeah, crazy. back then my introvert scenes were not. I mean, <laughs> there was since it was not serious, it was all fun. It was yeah. mad. Like uh, I would, I would, I used to love going on stage back then. Oh man! And yeah, I mean, who would mosh on stage? That's that's not something I would tell anyone right now. Like, <laughs> do not mosh on stage. There's equipment involved. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. But then now you have like moshes in the crowd, so it's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. So it's that. And how long, like, how long has this mode AKA thing been going on of yours? Actually, firstly, dude, what's the scene with you and like these different aliases? It's like nobody can really keep a track of you. You just started with Control Q as well, right? How yeah, many aliases uh, do you have, dude? You have like so six. It, yeah, even my solo project is called Sikra. It's not like my real name. Like, I don't know. Like, I think if I have to, uh, I, in my head, if I put my real name to something, if it's like Manasullah, 
it becomes like a defined effort like i don't i don't think i want to define my effort as manasullah you know like every product has got its own um, like soul has its own story uh, got its own story happening it's uh, so with the man vice versa was that it's it's vastu was different from mode ak you know the vastu of mode ak was different <laughs> <clears throat> and sikra is something that uh, is a, like a collab effort like i i produce a lot of beat and i collab with other people and then together i make something happen so sikra is like an alias and yeah. manasullah is probably i'll i'll release as manasullah's way late in life like <laughs> like <laughs> probably my final few releases are going to be manasullah so i'm sure that this is what it is but until then yeah it's, <laughs> it's a, different projects have different uh, names going for it i still have a bunch of like releases left which will take another 5 years maybe 3 to 5 years at least like all the old stuff that's pending so once that is done then i will get to my <laughs> manasullah's releases or maybe sallu sanam first and then <laughs> i think sallu sanam would roll pretty nice yeah <laughs> yeah but what i was getting to was how did you like start mode ke how long has that been going on uh mode ke again like i used to go to sandeep sandeep house like he's a, he's he's a bass player and he's another old friend of mine and he plays a lot of instruments actually uh, so i used to go to his house and hang out a lot Hmm. Uh, it was more more that is house made the band than anything else. So <laughs> so whenever I used to go hang out at his place, I would take my laptop and he would have his uh, set up, you know, going. And then we would just jam and bang on that Yogesh Bhakti song. But he was he was uh, staying with uh, Sandeep as well. So three of us would just get like like get together and start jamming and. slowly we realized we had like a bunch of songs which again we have not re- uh, released all of them but we had a bunch of songs which made a lot of sense which sounded really good yeah and we're like okay fuck it let's just form a band again yeah. let's just do this and then we released that one song on uh, on this thing called a new form it was thing by rishu rishu singh yeah rishu singh shout out to him as well yeah he, he was a pioneer man he really helped a lot of these uh, these underground artists to come up like he literally pulled out a lot of introvert artists yeah man and then he was the one who gave us a break in the sense like he put us on a compilation hmm. and then that compilation was heard by uh, divakar banerji and oh the, that's the how you, that whole thing started yeah yeah so he heard he was like okay this is this is what well, I mean that's how it picked up, and then we used to organize a lot of these uh, um, shows as well. So we kind mm. of played in most of the shows that he's organized. Oh, nice! And yeah, he's done quite a bit for the scene. Like yeah, man. Like pure respect for the guy. Yeah, and, but uh, anyway, bomb uh, ended pretty quickly though, right? Like he did that for like six to seven mixtapes, and then that just never happened after. Yeah, I mean, I think it. Well, he, he. I think it happened until he passed away. I'm not too sure, like, till yeah. when it went on. But, uh, but yeah, he he was organizing gigs and stuff. I think it got busy with a lot of other things happening. So 
yeah but as long as it happened there were so multiple artists that were there featured on his uh, on on that like he did it single handedly like it was a great great thing that he did. so yeah much respect to him so that's how you got picked up by dibakar banerjee right what what is that whole experience like i mean did you just like did he just tell you to you know remaster the track and just give it to him or was it like no no uh, so he, he the song was picked up and then he said the uh, his team sent a mail and all that so they called us to bombay so okay. we went to bombay uh, and we met him there he has he had his uh, we met him in his office so right then and there so we they were using our song you know for the trailer so it started off as an edit for the trailer and then they like uh, let's we need more uh, there were a bunch of changes that they asked us to do to the song from the original like they, towards the end of changes and a lot of vocals were either added or subtracted and stuff like that yeah. so we sat right there in his office and we made all those changes and then it took us like about i think about a, actually i've lost track of time maybe a week we were there in bombay and then the song was done and then it came out yeah it was your track and then there was this track uh, lives of bitch by joint family which is like Oh, Both yeah. are probably the most killer tracks of the soundtrack. <laughs> to be honest, like yeah, yeah. I love running to both of these tracks. Just like extremely high energy and just super fun. True. Joint Shout out to Divakar, like, man. Like, yeah, he like for using soundtrack like that. Like I don't know the reason yeah. why it was done when it could have been like you know one person doing it or whatever. But it was a nice compilation of. these different artists again like they also like we definitely got a bunch of gigs after that and yeah. we were taken a little more seriously than just like a bedroom band that we were so yeah i mean that thing helped and i think more people should be doing that yeah but do you think like bollywood has been a little bit more receptive towards the whole indie scene over the last like few years or has it just been the same i think i think they had no choice man it was just like the whole tsunami of artists coming and yeah like how long will you just keep uh, i mean it's still in, in the process but mm. like gully gully gang i mean what is that gully boy yeah gully boy that was movie came about so yeah so that built up another uh, fan base of its own like many artists from bombay like came up came up like that that gave uh, probably a little more uh, views or whatever to other hip hop scenes happening across the country like whoever were paying attention like uh and delhi scene back in, back in the day i pro- i probably did not pay much attention to what was happening in delhi when it came to hip hop and stuff like that like i knew says on the beat like mad producer like i think he's yeah. the best hip hop producer in india by far so i knew his stuff but then all a lot of these other artists like rappers and stuff like that i had no idea and i came to know only after this gully boy came and then i was like oh shit this this is a huge scene apart from bombay as well even though it was mainly bombay based other people started coming in like you know delhi can do this now delhi cypher then there was bangalore cypher and there were a lot of these hip hop guys that came out with their music because they wanted to be showcased as well they got encouraged probably or they got uh, motivated enough to come out and that helps you know like so and i don't bollywood it's still like it's 
as everyone is talking about all that um, uh, nepotism and i mean i don't know much yeah. about what happens in bollywood but this but there is it is run by a few you know like if there's a movie there's a formula that you need to have like a music director like dibak yeah. banerjee kind of like challenged it back in the day by saying like no nah, man like we'll have a bunch of these indie guys get together and then the final product is still going to be awesome like you know the experimentalness yeah. i think is coming into the indian uh, bollywood scene yeah. which was not the case before and like all, a lot of the singer songwriters are coming into the scene a lot of like it's not that same bollywood composer formula that's happening anymore like yeah. a lot of indie guys are getting into it like yeah. i think i'm not too sure i'm not uh, really uh, you know keen in the scene but i think mad boy mink people folks from there are doing some stuff in the bollywood thing and then uh, there is um, pratik kohad yeah all these singer songwriters are doing quite a bit like i mean they are brilliant musicians and i think they deserve to be on the like the formula one of uh, you know music the top yeah. notch i mean that's the way place where they can showcase to the maximum audience yeah plus i think but it's also like in the case of bollywood they have to kind of cater to a mainstream sound as well like even though pratik kuhar is i mean brilliant <laughs> artist but his sound is something that can like uh, fit everyone it's kind of like a raju hirani film in that way that like yeah, anybody yeah. who hears pratik kuhar is like dude this shit is amazing versus you know i mean if True. you like you can't put vice versa everywhere for example like not everyone will no, like correct so, correct i think that's also a thing that matters True. right yeah but that way like there is a lot of these uh, like the whole remix culture is something that yeah. i totally detest like i usually don't like to talk about things i dislike i just like let it be but there's certain things that are just that always cross the line like you can't yeah. take some classic songs and then just rehash them and put them out and just for a few million views on youtube you know it's yeah. i think that is really pathetic i think that has to change in bollywood yeah actually i remember so we are in your bedroom the last time we met and we were sitting and having a conversation and you were just like going mad about we were listening to ar rehman's old tracks and yeah. you were just you know like reminded of how fucking complex urvasi is and how many fucking samples are in that song and as soon yeah. as the remix of urvasi came out the first thing that was in my mind was like manas is going to be mad about <laughs> Yes, dude. Yes, dude. Seriously, back then, I mean, there was again the, the, those songs were stories, man. They were like uh, they were made with you, you knew the amount of heart that was put into it, like you know. And again, as I said, the number of samples that are being used in that is insane. The way they've been put together. Right now, it's just like you know what you junkar beats or whatever. Yeah. You just like put one of those pre-made loops and then. put two and two together and then you have like 60 million views on youtube which is very pathetic yeah and that is a side that depresses me a little bit man that like does all these just i mean like you could take any song of parwazes for example and just put it in any movies and i can bet on it that it will be a hit i think that's what kind of has been happening with local train as well that i think they also yeah. got picked up pretty well but and on the other hand they are still like wasting their uh, time on these remixes and it's just i mean yeah you can't be like 
pessimistic about and the whole thing yeah, and you can be only so angry but still man yeah. it's it's not everyone but it's these the the people on the top like the guys yeah. who control a lot of situations they are the ones who are doing it because it's easy easy money you know it's it's yeah. a formula no? it's just like a production house you know it's yeah nobody experiments it's a known thing and they just keep doing it over and over again yeah but still there have been like a few uh, you know few pieces of work over the last few years that have been like that have really taken the indie industry to a better level and i think like detective yomkesh bakshi is definitely one of them like this duerus there was mtv indie was a big big boost yeah. and it's nice to see that these things are uh, coming up finally like i mean if you look at the old guys right vishal dadlani is probably the only guy whom you can say that like you know yeah. went from the indie scene all the way into the bollywood industry not many people are able to do that very well correct so that way now it's finally the rec- like i mean dude vishwesh's series bring on the night which is so that's how i remembered pivan actually uh but uh-huh. that was the thing that kind of changed it all for me in terms of uh listening to indie music and thankfully my brother has been a big influence as well because i heard something relevant pretty early on and i kind of still hate the fact that i can't listen to them live now but <laughs> but there there have been a few pieces of work that have been very influential over the past and i'm really thankful that these things have come up now yeah and and they keep happening it's uh, yeah. and things are definitely improving and they i think they'll keep improving there's always going to be negative sides to a lot of things but things are getting better consistently i guess and yeah you just have to encourage the right talent and the right people and help them come up yeah man you also know that i've been like a big proponent of the whole house gig scene that's been going around for the last few years right how do you like that like do you like attending house concerts i personally have a big thing for them because like you can get really really intimate with the artists and you can like yeah talk to them interact with them and they can also like you know it almost feels like playing to a group of friends and that's pretty nice yeah. but what's your like do you prefer I, that I or do you prefer like big stage gigs no man any gig is is awesome like as an <laughs> audience member i think any gig is any outlet i would want to be a part like i i would want to go check out a house gig see back then the, the only thing that i i really wanted from a gig was alcohol <laughs> If I had alcohol, I would be angry. But I mean, really bad jokes aside, I think any outlet that is uh, that is there for an artist is good for the audience. Like if it's a house gig, it's an intimate atmosphere. You can't have like uh, Meshuga coming and playing a house gig. And even yeah. if you do, you need a pretty decent big house with yeah. you know soundproofing and all that. But the house gigs that do happen have their own kind of music that goes on that yeah very e type uh, soft you know i have not been to a house gig where it's some slamming music happening yeah man it's so pretty interesting yeah so it's it's a very intimate affair the house gig and it's got its own turf its its own space which is nice yeah. 
but you do need every once in a while a mosh pit to just run into oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, um, just house gigs maybe not uh, but yeah you, you need all kinds of gigs like i even even the the not what do you call those noiseless or soundless gigs where you just put oh, your yeah. headphones it's also an interesting thing that's happening now yeah why not like if you're having fun like whatever whatever suits your bill like it doesn't matter yeah man absolutely ha huh. so anyway dude i'm pretty sure you must be tired of talking by now <laughs> not so, really tired but i think my voice is uh, <laughs> it's giving up on me hmm so i think we can end it there maybe let's just okay. do an outro of sorts i mean yeah so where can these guys check you out like when where are you going to be putting out the music that you're soon to be released uh, i think uh, i think it should be there on all the platforms like all the streaming platforms should be out there but uh, when the release is going to happen is the is the question like even i'm not too sure right now so hopefully soon like this month uh, i mean not this month uh, in the next month there should be another release coming out and I start consistently putting out songs after that. Okay. From the huge and, catalog that I have. <laughs> yeah. Where can people follow you? Like, you have a Facebook, or do you have like ah, an Instagram? Ah, that's it. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I don't really ask people to follow me. And I was on Instagram. I just yeah. not really into social media. Not been on it for a while. But I am on Facebook. If you wanna add me as a friend and say what's up, that's cool. Like. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah apart from that uh, i think you will probably hear about my releases from my friends or one of your friends sharing it mm-hmm. on your own <laughs> yeah anyway definitely we'll be looking out for your new album dude it's releasing under the name control plus q right uh no the my solo project is going to be released as sikra okay and uh, control plus q is uh, is this other project that i'm on which will also be uh releasing a bunch of tracks yeah okay awesome we'll definitely look out for your music man see ya all right cheers man <laughs>